Welcome to Baking with House of Bread. And this is the 64th episode. I started this podcast with the pandemic hit, basically, and uh, I already knew how to bake bread. So, so I didn't take that hobby up. And I was trying to think about stuff I could do. So I started the podcast. And it's been an interesting journey. I have learned a lot myself. And that's one of the reasons that I enjoy doing this still. I do take a little bit of um, time and research a bit for each episode. But to be honest with you, this one, I really didn't need to do much. Um, And the reason why is because I use our croutons all the time. At my house, I can guarantee you that we have croutons from House of Bread and we have granola from House of Bread. Generally, the bread varieties, they kind of vary depending on, you know, what what's going on. Um, my husband likes certain type of breads, and then I like other kind. <laughs> so I have the advantage I can take a half a loaf home here and there. But I will tell you that we have gotten creative with our use of croutons. Obviously, salads and soups are kind of a no-brainer. Um, but he likes to make meatloaf. And rather than using breadcrumbs, um, he uses the croutons. And then he, like, that is the that's the secret, he says. That's what makes them killer. I have to have them for him for that purpose. And then also, too, for fish um, and chicken. So what he does is he smashes the croutons kind of down a little bit. And then he just uh, takes an egg and a little milk or whatever and kind of makes a scrambled egg type mixture. And then he dips the meat into that and then into the croutons before he either bakes or fries it. I actually use it in my mac and cheese. So I am a vegetarian. My husband is not at all. (laughs) So we have interesting dinners. (laughs) It's just a little extra flavor and actually not just flavor, texture in mac and cheese. And breakfast frittatas. And so you just make your frittatas was basically it's like a crustless quiche. They're super easy to make. And then you throw in some croutons in it, and it really adds a lot more flavor. Last but not least, we use it for our stuffing mix. And that's what we stuff the birds with. And at the bakery, we make croutons pretty much with the below recipe I'm going to give you. But we also make stuffing mix on um, Thanksgiving. Basically, the only difference is, is we'll add some thyme and some sage. And also some rosemary, too, come to think of it. That's something that's, it, we have it in our croutons already, um, but we add just like probably a little bit more for our stuffing mix. During Thanksgiving, I've learned to be careful about promoting the stuffing mix because then I, people special order the stuffing mix, and I literally had to try to pull fresh bread to make the stuffing mix, which you don't really make money when you kind of, when you start doing that. So, you know, my, it's like a $7 loaf of bread, and then I'm making the stuffing mix for it, and I sell it for six fifty, and and I had to do all the labor to do it. But when people special order, you have an obligation, especially on Thanksgiving. I learned to be pretty careful about what I'm promoting. And the other thing is, is I don't have a big bakery, so it's not like I have a freezer I can store all the um, you know expired bread to make stuffing mix. So just like French toast. You want to use stale bread. I mean, stale bread is just dried out bread. And the reason why, because it'll soak up all the seasoning you're going to put into it or with French toast, your, your, your egg and milk mixture. 
I like the color contrast in our croutons. And so we use all different types of breads. And we make sandwiches at the bakery. And so for all, we save all the heels to make the croutons. Um, and then if the bread doesn't sell, that's what we're making croutons out of. Sometimes we'll make bread pudding out of the sweet breads. But the savory version all goes towards croutons. So we use a lot of uh, garden herb, our wheat bread. I use a dark kind of rye bread. And basil parmesan, garlic cheddar, all those from grandma's white to honey whole wheat to nine grain. We're using them all. The only thing that I don't use is our jalapeno jack because I had a customer complain about the jalapenos in the croutons. And to be honest with you, jalapenos aren't really expected in croutons and it can lead to just kind of a funky flavor if you're, especially if you're using it in something that's like a soup that's not designed to have jalapenos in it. So that's the only bread that we don't use for our croutons other than the sweet breads. And we just cut the bread into cubes. And I like smaller cubes. I'm kind of having to remind my staff because sometimes they make these two inch cubes. And it's like, no, no, no. You want to design them so they're smaller, like three quarters of an inch, you know, an inch at the most. And you try to keep them about the same size. And the reason I like them smaller, because I look at it this way. If you're using them on salads, which most people do, you want to be able to have your lettuce, your crouton, and something else in that fork. Not just a fork. The only thing you can hold is a crouton because it's so big. Try to keep it consistent because it'll evenly bake better that way and brown. And this recipe is for two pounds. So that's a full big loaf. And you want to adjust according to um, how much bread you have for your croutons. I mean, you can use as little as eight ounces. You just have to do a little bit of math. And anyway, in these recipes, what I recommend you do is you hold back some of the oil. So we're going to toss these croutons in an oil mixture. You want you don't want to just pour all of it on the croutons. So you want to start a little bit. And then I recommend you use your hands. You know, if you've been listening to this podcast, you know that I'm kind of a feeling hand person. I firmly believe your hands are your best tools. I mean, some people are, they don't want to use their hand. That's fine. You can use, you can lay out the croutons and use a pastry brush and put it on top. I will not let my bakers do that. <laughs> and the reason why is it takes too long. And I want to use your hands because you can also check for how much oil you have on the crouton. So you want to have a coating of oil on it, but it can't be dripping in oil because I've had it where they use too much oil and then they bake their croutons. Well, you can't bake out the oil, right? So then you, it, you know, and then you end up tossing it. So it's a waste of time and money. The same time is, is you got to have enough oil on it so that you get the flavor and that crunch, you know, the good flavor and consistency of it. What you're going to do is you're going to soak in a half a cup of olive oil. And I do this before you cut your bread. It's just kind of one of those things that if you're using dried herbs, if you hydrate it, the flavor comes out better. So we use a lot of uh, dried herbs in the bakery, and I'll give you some ideas how you can use fresh herbs, um, especially at home or if you have herbs in your garden or whatnot, um, that's even better. So start with a half a cup of olive oil, and then what we add is three tablespoons of dried basil. If you don't have dried basil, then use fresh basil. And if, even if you're using all fresh herbs, I still want you to stick them in the olive oil because it, it flavors the olive oil. So it's not like you're biting into a basil necessarily, but it's got some of the flavor in the oil that got on some of the croutons. So three tablespoons of dried basil or six 
tablespoons of the fresh basil and you want to chop it pretty fine on your fresh um, herbs and then your garlic powder it's one tablespoon if you only have granulated garlic you can use that too um, if you want to use some fresh garlic cloves I would put about six of them in I would um, finely chop it and then put those in there I like garlic so keep that in mind <laughs> If you don't gar like garlic as much, you can kind of reduce it down. But it does add a lot of flavor. I mean, I, I my croutons pop. And part of the pop is the flavor of garlic. And one teaspoon of rosemary that's ground. And if you don't want to use this, you don't have to. Or if you have fresh rosemary, you can use like one spring. And what I mean by that is like about, oh, I don't know. I'm going to say 20 of the needles. And you can also substitute some thyme if you'd like. I happen to really like thyme or any herbs of your choice, really. Um, but try to use no more than a tablespoon of that mixture because it, you get to the point where it, uh, it can be overpowering. And then uh, two teaspoons of salt and then one teaspoon of pepper. If you're more of a pepper person, you can add more pepper. But that this is the general recommendation in cooking is... It's two to one salt pepper. And so that's why we use two teaspoons of salt versus one teaspoon of pepper. Some people put Parmesan cheese on their croutons. I don't. I mean, some of our croutons actually have our basil Parmesan bread, which would have some Parmesan cheese in it, but I don't specifically add any cheese to it. Uh, you know, to be honest with you, I've never tried. So if you wanna go ahead and try, experiment with it, go ahead. But I probably would use more of a grated Parmesan real finely, because I'm afraid it's gonna kind of get melted and I really like my toasted toasty croutons. So what you're gonna do then is mix all that, throw it in the olive oil, cut your bread up, and now you're ready to toss in some of the olive oil mixture with the herbs. And like I said, you wanna start with about half of it, toss it, and then you're likely gonna have to add more as you're going. Um, and you just wanna hold back some because all breads soak up oil differently, and I'm not sure what breads you're using. So you just you want to avoid the whole soggy bread croutons. I also like to make sure that there's some oil residue on your hands. So if you have a little bit of oil residue in your hand, that's a good sign because that's going on the croutons and they're just a little bit on your hands. So nothing soaking, but just a little bit of oil residue is a good sign. And the other key thing about making these croutons is that you don't want to put too many on a cookie sheet. Use our standard baking trays. At home, you can use a cooking sheet. Just spray it. You don't want anything sticking on it. Or you can use parchment paper. And I've had it where the bakers put too many croutons on there. And what happens is that some of them get baked properly and the other ones are underbaked. And so to get them evenly baked, I like to see some light between the croutons. So it's a thin layer and nothing, no topping of it. So you don't want to do crouton on top of crouton because it's not going to bake well. So spread it all out. Use a couple of trays. It, it's just going to more evenly toast. We bake ours at 350 degrees. So we bake it for about 10 minutes. And then what we do is we... Um, we <laughs> so to describe this, we use the, the dough chopper. So we put dough, we pull out the, the pan... We just put it on the ledge of the oven and we used a dough chopper and we're just kind of chopping. We're not trying to chop it. We're just tossing it with the dough chopper. Now, obviously you could use a spatula at home or whatever, but what you're doing, you're just moving around the croutons 
So a different part of it gets exposed to the oven heat. So we bake ours for 10 minutes. Then we stir or toss, however you want to call it. And, and then we bake for another 10 minutes. But at home, what I want you to do is bake for 10 minutes and then set it for five minutes um, and just check the croutons because all ovens bake a little bit different temperature and you're using different breads and I don't know how thin they are. So we just want to avoid the over baking. So start with five and likely you're going to have to go somewhere between seven and 10 minutes for the second cycle. And, and if your croutons still seem kind of soft, then just put them in for a few more minutes. You definitely want to have some crunchiness to them, but keep in mind they will get a little more crunchy with time, right? So they continue baking a little bit on those sheet pans when you pull them out. I mean, it's not like cookies where it's real danger over baking, but just keep that in mind. So they still should have some crunch when, but when you pull them out, but they don't have to be super hard. I don't want them super hard because they're going to get hard. So how to store your croutons? So what we do is we package them in, um, it's kind of a vacuum sealed uh, bag. And what you can do at home though, is you can just use Quite frankly, Ziplocs work or a plastic bag, or if you've got some Tupperware, um, that's what I would do is just put it in an airtight container and, and then just keep it in a cool place. You know, maybe not just a, don't put it where the sun shines in the, in the kitchen. Um, in your pantry, probably better. Obviously, you want to avoid some extreme temperatures like right next to the stovetop. Our homemade croutons, we sell them for a week. Um, that's the, the bakery um, shelf life. Um, quite frankly, um, beyond that, you can still use it for your meatloaf. You can use it for, you know, whatever. I mean, quite frankly, when we bring them home, I mean, it's like a month later. <laughs> we'll still be using some of those same croutons. And you just got to be conscious what you're using for. I mean, maybe I wouldn't use those necessarily in a salad. So you reserve your salads for the freshest croutons. And then after that, you know, from your soups to, you know, whatever, if you're going to use it for your meat or fish or for your frittatas, you can use croutons for much longer than that. Well, thank you for listening. I hope you enjoyed this episode. Happy baking, everybody. Mm -hmm.